guys, this is Ogre Barbarian, also known as Brett. And with me today, as always, we have... Uh, hey guys, this is Daniel, uh, DPO4027 on Reddit. Hey guys, this is uh, Sebastian, also known as Doombox on Reddit. And we hey, are the Oddsmen. And with us today, we have a special guest. This is Trump Populous Michael, also known as another username on Reddit. And my name is Vinny. And he's one of the members of the JLR, which is where uh, DP and I hang out. So uh, he also does YouTube videos. So if you haven't had a chance to check him out, please do so. Uh, if you I like what he has to say at the end of this. But with that, you know who we are. Let's dive right in. All right. So before we uh, get going, just a reminder to you guys, at the moment, our Patreon's at $23 of our $30 goal. So if by chance we get another $7 between now and the end of the podcast, We'll be giving away a $10 gift card. If not, what we'll be doing is we'll split it up into $5 and $5, bank the $5 this time, and give it away at the end of the next podcast. All right? So uh, hang out till the end of the show, and we'll see what happens by then. So, But just again, if you guys do want to join in the, with the giveaways at the end of each month, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash theoddsman. And uh, anyone who's a patron of at least a dollar or more is eligible. All right, so let's dive right into it, and we'll start things off with Here Comes a New Challenger. Here Comes a New Challenger! New Challengers. First things first, we have Atrocitus, our freebie no, no. for the month. We did Atrocitus Big. already. <laughs> oh, are we talking dude, next dude, we're, we're just talking about Larflees. Yeah, we're just talking about Larflees. Oh, yeah, oh my goodness. Why? Who cares about him? Let's talk about Atrocitus. We talked no. about him already. That was the last podcast. You should have been there. No, no, no. I, I know. I, I'm just pulling an old, oh, who cares about blank? Let's talk about blank. Don't worry. Okay. It's part of my thing. Oh, I see. I see. Anyways, so Larflees. Let's talk about him. Larflees is looking pretty good. He's a PvE monster. Those infinite intellects stacking and stacking and stacking those crit chances and all that turn meter he gets when you kill one of his allies. The buff ceiling's okay. It's not great. I mean, you know, it's handy. Don't get me wrong. A bunch of evasions, some immunities that you're just stealing off of opponents during PvP, fantastic. And then, of course, the life drain, very, very handy, especially once he gets up to those higher gears and gets that big, meaty stack of health. And then, of course, that purge all is always handy against the likes of Harley Quinn, you know, Deathstroke, any big, 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 meaty stacking ones. In fact, I think he pretty much invalidates Doomsday at this point. <laughs> even if Doomsday gets stacked, he just gets wiped out. So, like a green very moment. interesting character. Incredibly strong energy choice. Insane damage. He's basically going to make PvE a cakewalk for anyone who's putting in the time in the siege event to get him anywhere near leveled and geared. So, what do you guys think? Well, okay. So, first thing I want to point out, and this was kind of evident during Duloth's last livestream, uh, the HP that he recovers on his basic is actually a flat percentage based on his max health, not the amount of damage he deals. So I'm not really sure how much of a monster he's going to be. Yes, he'll be able to take out characters really quickly, really easily. But if he takes a couple of hits, he's going to go down. He's not like super hardcore tough or anything. He's a little squishy. Uh, and then the second thing I wanted to point out was that his two actually also reduces turn meter of your enemies. And gives it to Larflees. I think that's actually a really important aspect of that that's kind of overlooked. So, but I'm really looking forward to using him when I finally get him unlocked after the siege. So, we'll see what happens. 
Cool. So on my end, uh, I haven't actually played with him yet, but I'm in the process of gearing him up. Uh, he should be Q10 by today, and hopefully I'll be able to use him in the the new the new heroic challenge. But uh, I feel like everyone's saying that he's probably going to be the next like Etrigan level character, or maybe even like surpass Etrigan in terms of scariness because his his buffs are in, are permanent, so that's really scary. The other thing is the fact that. He has a lot of utility in the fact that he's sort of like a green cat woman, as Doom was saying. Like he invalidates a lot of buff strategies with just one move. The one thing that's that's weird with him is that like now the the legendary on his basic basically I guess we'll get into this with the legendary order, but the the legendary on his basics is doubling the amount that he can heal on his first. And if you're saying that's static, it's always gonna be a static amount that's doubled then? As far as I can tell, yeah. Okay. Well, sort of yes, sort of no. If you stack things like HP up or stamina up on him, it also increases his heal oh, okay, value. Yeah, yeah. So, but but yeah, I would think as, that it should, right? So, yeah, but whatever your HP is at that time, right? Then yes, it'll be static. Okay, but it's it's very low. I'm guessing then it's a very minimal amount. Ten percent. Ten percent, and then it doubled to twenty percent. So I mean, it's not nothing. It's yeah, not I mean, nothing. You slap a Constantine taunt on him, that could be forty percent. That's a lot. Yeah. So basically, Duloth is saying it's about like 2,300-ish times 2. So 4,600-ish. Alright. That's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Alright. Anyways, I guess, uh, Krom, well, uh, what do you think about him? Well, I don't think he's the new Etrigan. I think that crit immunity is really the difference. I think that's why Etrigan is still where he is. Oh, okay. It's hard to take him down. Yeah. Anybody else, like Wonder Girl, you can one-shot her right off the start, right? I know it takes two reds to do so, but it can be done. Etrigan is, I mean, you need a little more luck, it feels. Okay. So, okay, that's a fair point. Yeah. So, what's your stance Um, on But Warflees, so Warflees is really, really, he's a very interesting character, though. His damage is ridiculous. Uh I think I saw him hit for 470,000 when I was doing the (laughs) White Lantern (laughs) International, which is... Absurd. <laughs> like Larfleeze destroys the world. Yeah, kind of, it's kind of appropriate. Yeah, he, he steals it. He steals the world. Uh, much better, much better. There you go. So, so talking in terms of legendary order, Crum, <laughs> Crum, what are your thoughts on uh, legendary. legendary order for Larf? <laughs> legendary order. So I think that his three, even though it, it can miss, you need to take it because it's just too powerful. Because even if Etrigan gets ahead of you, you can still drop him to no buffs. You can take Clayface down to no buffs immediately. It's just too strong. So I think three has to be the first one. Okay. You think so? Honestly, I mean, you could just run Wonder Girl and then you would just invalidate Clayface anyway. I mean, that's true. You're right. I like the power that it gives you, though, against blue buffers. Like Ares, if he's got a million uh, stamina stacks. So why don't... Personally... uh, Why don't... Oh, sorry. Why don't each of you... Propose uh, a suggested order from, I guess, first to fifth, and then we'll see how 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 much they overlap. Oh boy! Uh, you want to go first, or should I? You can go first. I'll go first. Screw it. Okay, Ogre, go first. All right, Ogre, go go for it. It. <laughs> All right. So this is my personal order, and again, mine is going to be a little bit different because of the way I plan to use him. I'm planning on using him on an Ally Death Matters team. So characters like Jessica Cruz, Deathstroke, Constantine, uh, Doomsday, Lobo, you know, all those kind of things where character deaths kind of matter to your team. Uh, so my first pick is going to be five uh, because I want those crit ups. 
because his damage is really good anyway, so those crit ups are going to be really, really uh, powerful. My second upgrade is going to be his, uh, I believe it was his four. That's the turn uh, meter, yeah, meter up. Yeah, the turn meter up was actually the one I was trying to go with first. Sorry. What's his five do again? Five is his the... five is gets the crit chance up. And 100% turn meter. Right. Yes, and 100%. Right, okay, so it was five that I was going for. Yeah. yeah, so I want five, then I want four, then I want three, then I want one, then I want two. That's my personal order. Hmm, I see. I agree with you on your value on two. I'm just not sure that you really need it, because if you get a kill early, which is the plan, right? Try and kill something quickly. Uh -huh. He's going to have INT stack. Uh, Doom or Krom, who's next? I'll go next. All right. Me, personally, I plan to use him in more of a tanky long-term team, because that's just kind of my play style. I like to drag matches out and make it more difficult to eventually kill me. So I would actually go 5-1-3-4-2. One, three, four. Okay, yep. So everyone's putting two last. Oh. So it seems. All right. Yeah, do you have some logic behind any of that? Or do you want to share that logic? The uh, infamous Doom Enigma? <laughs> Who, me? With alliteration, yeah. please. You want, to, you want to explain that? <laughs> like, I mean, it's basically the same overall logic as uh, Ogre's, except mine's more focused on instead of having my allies die around me, I want Larfleas to survive long enough for my allies to die around me. <laughs> so instead of uh, getting his more direct effects that matter more in battle when he's making his moves, instead I'm making it so that when my other characters, like Constantine, taunt him up, or when all my other characters decide to throw him in his assist, wherever here and there, he can actually just tank himself up. And then I don't have to worry about it as much. Because, you know, when you're rocking with characters like Star Sapphire, Swamp Thing, those types, then what matters most isn't necessarily that he gets that big, meaty turn meter up or anything like that. It, I mean, for his ally's death, it does. But it matters more that he's able to survive long enough to make use of those buffs. Because he can get all the ink buffs in the world he wants. It's not going to matter if Defender of Justice lasso whips him into oblivion. <laughs> Fair enough. <clears throat> so, Crown, what's your order? So, uh, for me, it's, I like the purge first. But you guys, I mean, uh -huh. BP and Ogre now, I like all the purgings. I was a Captain Cole guy very early. I just, I like to purge all of the things. Uh, so, for me, it's three. I took four. I'm not in love with it. I think five maybe would have been better. But after that, so if I say three, five, four, one, two. Three, five, four, one, two. Okay. Hmm. Right, that's not bad. What's your reasoning behind the order after after your choice of three? Well, I just the forty percent on the basic just doesn't seem like enough for me. I like the heal. I really like the mechanic. I just I'm not sure I love the percentage. So I mean, if it's if it's me, my order is probably closer to Crom's order because I would probably pick. Uh, three first for the same reason. I like having that utility there. So, in, like, if I'm going into especially PVE content where there might be a tough boss or there might be a, like you know uh, a, some minions I have to take care of with a lot of buffs or something, uh, having that as a sort of you know back pocket option is is where I like to be. The other thing is after that, I'm kind of torn. I was originally thinking one, but everyone's telling me that one doesn't actually heal that much, so it's not very good. So, if that's the case, then my order probably looks a lot like Krom's in 3-5, and then I was originally going to say 2, and now Duloth is basically just telling me that no one ever uses 2 now, because you're basically only just attacking all the time with him. So, 
If that's the case, then it'd be three, five, uh, four, two, one, I guess. The, the, I, I, like, the, the one thing I do like is the fact that if you have like a tanky character that you can't take down and you can't get the, enough buffs going on Narthys for whatever reason, uh, having, having the option to buff him like and, and always gaining int ups on his buff might be better than having the, uh, the doubling of the life gain. So I'm not sure. What do you guys think? Mm. Well, in my defense... Uh, I'm planning to try to solo next month's event with Larflees because he's going to get the 50% bonus health. So I, I might be a little biased. Ah, uh, okay. That's a neat idea. Right. Larflees steals the world. <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be our next or, uh, so, like challenge challenge event <laughs> challenge thing. So we have Kemo versus Bane Train, and now Larflees steals it. Yep. I'll say another another way you could could phrase that is Larflees owns the world because oh, owning in terms of gaming yeah I get it is a nice little play on words there so, right, so who, I like it who's gonna be the one to take over that then is it gonna be ogre is it gonna be doom I'll do it I'll do it I'll say right. I've already got two that I'm gonna do I'm gonna probably work my brain up to gear eleven here and have him start doing it again uh, let's see here I guess uh, are we done with Larflees we'll move on to the next section. Yeah, pretty much. I was say before before you do that, hold yeah, on real quick, just to wrap just up bit, a... the the Sorry. previous section real quick. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out that we all kind of agreed that three, four, and five were like higher pick priority, and that it kind of made me feel that L three was kind of his sweet spot at that point. Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that... I, I would tend to agree. I think so. So with... yeah, I'd say so. So for those of you running through the event, there's no need to try and go out of your way to get L4 or L5. Uh, so it seems like we can, we can kind of settle uh, with the L2 or L3. It should be good enough. So, alrighty then. So uh, let's get into the next section. You got a little more work done, huh? Yeah, just a little bit. Just a tweaking, tweaking. Maintenance, maintenance. Alright, so Star <laughs> Sapphire. Yeah. Let's talk about this crazy beast monster of a woman, Star Sapphire. <laughs> oh, she's so. crazy, alright. So let's talk about this, right? Her first ability, Legendary, gives her two intellect ups, right? You At first, you look at that, you're like, yeah, whatever, until you realize that means she can buff herself now. Her buffing herself makes her almost impossible to kill if you're a green character that's not Larflees. And then, oh my goodness, her heal is still amazing. It was already amazing before, but with all the intups that she's getting, it just makes it even better. Uh, her three is much of the same, kind of miss 100% buff immunity on everyone but you know you can't have it all still 100 percent on one person and a decent percentage on the other not too bad and then let's see her fourth ability once again same as always just stacks and stacks and stacks of mins kind of sucks because wonder girl is a thing still so those mins are going to get you whipped down but you know it's still very juicy health while it lasts and then finally, that new fifth ability, that crazy, insane, on death, heal everybody, true heal. Heal immunity does not matter. And then in addition to that, that legendary purging all the debuffs as well. does matter. Does it? I thought true heal went through it. No. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think actually, I, I actually was uh, testing this a while earlier. I forgot to report it, but... Yeah, what we see a lot with Zatanna is that um, she purges the the true heal, uh, sorry, the buff, the heal immunity off of most characters, and then um, and then it heals through a little bit. 
after that. So the he- the the problem is oh, I found that's that. just the way her kit is stacked. Right, right. But actually, I was it's her heal, out. her purge, and then her true heal. Right, but I was actually testing out the, with a uh, character. Well, a little bit like well, I wasn't in full control of it because I was playing against the AI, obviously. But I tried to stack it so that uh, there were multiple heal immunity stacks on one person and have their Zatanna go off and heal them. Right. So actually, when you when she purges and she there's still a heal immunity stack on it, it doesn't heal through. So it doesn't heal through at all. Like you don't even see a little bit go through. So badness. I, I could have sworn true heal went through it, but yeah. whatever. Okay, fair it's, enough. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be the case. I thought so too. True heal is not affected by intelligence. That's, no, that's okay true. then. Okay. True heal is affected. Say it's by not that. affected. She could have a million intelligence downs, and it doesn't matter. It's still a hundred percent. It's it's based on the uh, the HP, right? Like the percentage of the HP or something. Yes. Yeah, it, yeah, it's whatever percentage is given is based on that. So it, it doesn't have anything to do with her intelligence at all. And in this case, it's one hundred percent. At max rank, of course. Yeah, there you go. But yeah. also that purging it starts on starts at sixty-five, right? Yeah, I think so. That, that's still really good. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's still pretty much a full heal on most people in most scenarios. But still, all that purging of all the debuffs insanely handy against Constantine teams because you start wiping the board and then all of a sudden she's getting bogged down. Last guy shoots her down and then all of a sudden your team's right back at full power. It's pretty insane. I love her, honestly. I've already liked her kid. I was already big into men's, but this is just insane. Honestly, if Wonder Girl ever gets toned down in the future, (laughs) Star Sapphire is going to be almost unstoppable. What do you guys think? I think you should make another video set for for what's it called? Hot for teacher. Hot for teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, why did you ever stop that? He's lazy. Uh, just <laughs> work, Wonder Girl. You know, combination of those things. Legitimate reason. Uh, but as far as Star Sapphire, I think again, I I really like the tweaks that they gave her, especially in her four. Uh, now that it's more than one mend, it's absolutely bonkers. I also love the fact that her basic now has intups. Awesome, amazing. Give her some extra damage, give her some extra healing, buff herself, give her those mends. And then actually, I really like the tweak that they made to her AoE, now applying at least one buff immunity, and then a chance for a second buff immunity. I think it's really nice. Ignoring the bug days where everybody got it, so... Uh, I th- I really like where she's at right now, so uh, we'll see what happens uh, with her. And again, I'm planning on using her in where the death matters thing, so uh, I think she really fits really well into like a Deathstroke or a Jessica Cruz or Constantine team, Martian Manhunter even, um, yeah, you know, any of those characters that Martian care about Manhunter. ally deaths. Yeah, so me personally, okay, so- I'm a big advocate of Mira in terms of men's and healers, and even at gear 10, I'm, I use Mira in red alerts where all my opponents are gear 11 characters and she can hold her own. My question to you guys is that I'm in the process of gearing Star, Star Sapphire right now. How does she compare with Mira as a sort of a main support character? She's a stronger burst healer, but overall her full sustain is not quite as good. Mira has the I think it depends on the team you have around her, too. Well, yeah, that too. Honestly, you could just use both, but... With Mira, you're getting more meter and you're getting more general big protection on one character. Whereas with Star Sapphire, you're getting a much more direct like, oh, you have like 5 HP, here's 14,000 HP back. Oh. And then, of course, it's it's more the matter of that uh, if you have a heavy buffing team, 
Star Sapphire is going to blow Mirror out of the park 100% of the time. But if you have next to no buffs on your team, then Mirror is going to beat Star Sapphire 100% of the time, just about. Grom, what do you think about Star Sapphire? So I have to say, I think her basic is one of the strongest ones possibly in the game. That thing destroys things. I think as far as teams that she can go, I love her with POT. So I think you can run, even with this Wonder Girl meta, an all-blue team, probably, if you can get Mira and Star Sapphire to be about the same level. There's just so many men's. You throw Marsha Manhunter in there instead of POT. We got awareness now. We got men's now. Put in Swamp Thing, revive everybody, get more men's. Star Sapphire, uh, Wonder Girl, not Wonder Girl, I'm sorry. Marsha Manhunter and Mira. And who did you say? Swamp Thing. And Swamp Thing, that'd be crazy good. Oh yeah, passing buffs around, everyone gets men's, everyone gets overheal, everyone gets more (laughs) men's. And then that leads into what, meter from Mira and all that jazz, it's crazy. It reminds me of that that Reddit user who posted the, uh, the Oprah meme. You get men's, and you get men's. Yeah, that was pretty good, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I love the call to memes. All of a sudden, we had so many. Who who (laughs) started that? (laughs) I don't know, and it made for a long day for me because I'm like, oh, God, I have to watch these threads now. I mean, some of them were good. Some of them were were just a meh, but uh, I kind of got it. Well, no, it's not even that. It's just that as mods, we have to, like, (laughs) make sure they don't get out of hand. Yeah. Speaking of getting out of hand, we're talking about characters here, not the forum. So, Chrome, <laughs> as you were saying. <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys are good at this. So, uh, so, I think for Star Sapphire, should we talk about Legendary Order? Oh, yeah. If you right? want. Go for it. All right. So, for me, I'm taking the basic. I know some people feel it's the four. I think no matter what, you're taking one and four in your first and second shots. After that, really, I think everything's gravy, depending on how you want to use her. Yeah, I be 100% agreeing with you on that. It's pretty much the base order. So start off with 1-4, and then, you know, if you want L3 or more, it's up to you after that. Or 4-1. I mean, if you have, like, DOJ or just a bunch of buffers on your team, 4 is probably going to give you more value. But 1 just gives you more independent by yourself value. So. All right. What's the, what's the least Yeah, it really depends one? on how you're going to use her. What's the least important one? I usually take my characters L4. So what's the least one? Least 5. 5? 2. Five or two. I'm torn between five and two. <laughs> okay, there you go. So it depends on what you want, I guess, right? It, it really, again, it does depend on what you're going to use her for. So, like, if you're if you're planning on using her as a sustain healer for PVE, or you're using her for that buff cleanse, then two is more important. If you're using her in PvP and you know she's going to die, five is probably more important. So, so basically, the consensus is that you should probably get either one or four then the other one, then three, and then either two or five last. Yes. Pretty much. Okay. Yes, sir. That's good enough for me. <laughs> All right. Okay. Any uh, any last words on uh, Star Sapphire before we move on? She's insane with Firestorm. I mean, she already was, but now she's even more, so it's crazy with those two. All right. Sounds good. So, oh, yeah. It's big stuff. But, so moving on. All right. Let's get into the arena. All right, so the August characters. Who, are we in August right now? We're still in August, right? <laughs> yeah, we're in August, buddy. <laughs> we're approaching September. We're making everything feel so long. Everything just blurs together at this point. It's hard to tell. 
I know so, having two kids makes a, makes my busy life. <laughs> yeah, I have multiple kids, and then I have you know job that works me six days a week. So, ouch. <laughs> anyway, it's all just kind of blurred together at this point. I literally just is it payday yet? No. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So August. Characters. Um, August characters. We're talking about Atrocitus, uh, Larfleas. You know, I think obviously both of them have kind of made their presence known at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, honestly, I think Atrocitus has been fairly popular from what I've seen so far. And that could just be because of the siege and because of new crazy, you know, shenanigans. I'm not really sure. But he seems like he has a lot of promise. So I'm looking forward to using him. I know I got him to gear 11 myself. I'm looking forward to finish powering up his skills and getting him in some uh, playtime. So uh, I'm planning on pairing him with White Lantern Sinestro and just have all the revived chance everywhere. Warfleas, uh, on the other hand, could obviously go into that team just fine. He also plays into a different style where he cares about killing your opponents quickly. Uh, so you're looking at characters like Red Hood possibly benefiting really well because uh, he gains meter and then Red Hood drains the meter off of them. So that could be really powerful. But again, I don't know how much impact he's really had yet since most people don't have him yet. It's hard to really gauge how popular he's going to be Yeah. until Siege is over. Yeah. So yeah. Uh-huh. It, it's really hard to say about those two. Uh, I have started seeing Star Sapphire a little bit more. She's definitely been one of the more popular reworks. Uh, I think people really liked the direction they went with her. So I've seen her a little bit more. And then who was the other rework? John Stewart. John Stewart. I have seen him a few times too. So, uh, which he used to, he used to be part of the meta way back when. Yeah, Yeah, he did. He has an AOE and it meter drains, but that's, you know, he, he fell out of... He fell out of uh, favor for quite a while, and he's starting to make a little bit of a comeback, but he's still, again, one of those niche characters. Yeah. Uh, not quite as popular. So, what do you guys think? Right. Uh, the one thing I'll say about Jon Stewart is that I think the main reason is because he didn't really get too much of a bump. Like, he did get changed here and there, but he didn't get, like, pushed to the point where he's now interesting for people to want to try out. I think that's probably the reason. Have you seen his passive in action? No, I have. I mean, I'm not saying that he's bad. I'm not saying that he's like, what I'm saying is that the majority of people, let's say, you know, quote unquote, meta players, right? People who use like the the, the top tier good players. You're looking at, um, is this character different from what he was before to make me interested in him to try him out again? The problem is that, like, let's say everyone tries him out for his Alliance week and then they'll get like a general feel for how it, even people who have him already geared out at year 11, like, I'm still going to bench this guy because I don't feel like he's that different from, let's say, uh, what he was before. And I have this other character who does a better job than him. I think that's probably the reason why he's on the bench for most people. I'm not saying that he's worse, like he's no different than he was before. It, I think a lot of people will just sort of get into that direction is what, I, what I'm what i trying to say. Yeah, yeah I got you. Okay. okay. Yeah. That, that's all so, I'm saying. Right? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and continue with your thoughts on the other three. Oh, yeah. So, Atrocities is probably the biggest impactful character at the moment. As you're saying, because uh not a lot of people have him unlocked yet. They will very soon, in like a week or two. But uh, I think Larflees is probably going to be the next scariest contender for a while. Uh, he probably will be, in terms of, um, what's the word here? Uh, must take, like, must take down threats. He'll, like, the next Etrigan level threat. Uh, like, the one thing I'm worried about is, let's say you're on a, a team with um, characters that worry, uh, care about ally deaths, right? Uh, so let's say you put him on a team with, uh, 
I don't know, Lobo or Drawd, for example, uh, or Banshee. I think Banshee cares about ally death too, right? Uh, or Jessica Cruz. Yeah, she puts right? buff immunity on your opponent and then right. buffs up your team a little bit. Right, like Jessica Cruz or Deathstroke. Who do you take down first in that situation, right? Because everybody's sort of benefiting everybody. off each other dying. So it's really scary, right? So it's, Well, it's, that, it's... that's actually the experiment that I'm going to start running is that's actually what I'm going to start building my roster towards now that I'm done with my bleeders. Sort of like damned if you do, like damned damn. if you don't. <laughs> that's the plan. Yeah, it's a good plan. I, uh, I probably will have a lot of headaches going against teams like that. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, Kram, what do you think? I think that Atrocitus is here to stay, at least for... I mean, unless next month's characters directly counter him, he's going to be here for a while. I think the res is too strong. It's finally started. To, I see it all the time now. I see Wonder Girl get res three times. Man, is it a pain. Yeah. Like, to be fair, Supergirl exists. Yeah. That's true. The, I th- but I think what he's, like, sort of uh, focusing on is, is the is the fact that, like, it's kind of OP, I feel, in terms of the AI. Have you seen that video that I posted when I went up against uh, Fnatic Jalapeno recently on his Atrocitus team? Did you see how oh, many yeah, times they revived? <laughs> it was ridiculous. It, it just seems... I've only seen it on my side, like, a couple times, maybe. But, man, right. it's vicious on the other end. It's, what, 30%, right? 30% to revive? Yep. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, it wasn't thirty percent in that video. <laughs> just go watch that video. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Like, I, like I, I'm, I'm just happy that I had Etrigan in there. He's like, oh, okay, you revived. All right, I get more meter. Oh, you get revived. Oh, I get more meter. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I think he's. I still think he's. I think he's very interesting. His kit's great. I love that he changes the game. His damage boost is crazy. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, well, okay. I mean, I'm not a fan of Atrocitus for that reason, but, I mean, I can see why he is as popular as he is. So, But I don't think he's OP in the sense that, like, you know, he needs a nerf or anything. Like, I don't think he's at the Wonder Girl level of, like, you know, let, there's an outcry out there because I don't think anyone's really crying on, like, you know, he Atrocitus is everywhere, get rid of him, you know. So, I mean, I think he's fine. He, he, he brings a completely different aspect to the game. He yeah, turns a debuff into a good stuff. thing. All right. Well, let's turn it over to Doom. So what do you think about the August characters? Atrocitus, Larflees, etc. For PvP. Uh, well, Larflees, as everyone's already said, not a lot of people have him unlocked, but I expect him to become one of those big contenders. Like you guys said, when you put him on the right team, it does become a matter of, okay, who do I kill first? Oh, God, why is this happening to me? Please, no. But uh, as far as Atrocitus goes... I think that he's going to become even better than we're expecting because White Lantern Sinestro just become so widely available to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Because when you get that extra chance of revive combined with the AI's insane odds to revive things, <laughs> it's it's maddening. And then you stick a swamp thing in there so that even if you do happen to lose that dice roll twice, he just picks everyone up anyways, and it's it's absolutely bonkers. And then you also have his amazing synergies with Wonder Girl, his amazing synergies with just general passive effects, because 50% damage is flat 50% damage. It's not 50% damage on attacks or anything. It's If your characters decide to do a random series of uh, assists, they get that damage. The damage doesn't turn off when it's passive effects. Like, uh, I think I saw... Who was it? It was... Uh, P.O.T. Wonder Woman, right? And I was like, okay, she's doing her purges, things like that, but it's not that big a deal. 
right? And then, you know, she was doing her attacks and, you know, it was a little bit of damage, nothing too bad, right? Mm-hmm. Then I fought an Atrocitus team with almost the exact same composition behind them, and it was like an entirely different game. Like, it was, it was maddening. Like, Wonder Girl whipped my team and then dealt 18,000 damage to everybody, and I was like, okay, no, I'm, okay, I'm tapping out. I'm fine. Thank you. (laughs) So Atrocitus combined with the new revive characters combined with just like you have to consider this doesn't just change the current landscape. Every character from now on has to be judged by the idea that there's a chance they might not die. (laughs) Like people say, okay, no, Wonder Girl is not the worst thing in the world because, you know, you just kill her fast. Well, what happens when you can't kill her? What happens when she just keeps getting back up? That's that's going to be the thing that we're going to have to consider going forward into the game. Yeah. So I, I honestly think that that is crazy interesting to consider because not a lot of characters have that kind of a lasting effect in such an indirect way. Like Characters like Wonder Girl, yeah, okay, if she whips people, you can't have too many buffs, but that's a direct change. That means you can't run certain teams. These characters straight up say, hey, this character that's crazy, now they're even crazier. Watch this, bam, bam, now you can't kill them. What are you going to do? And we're not going to have as much of an issue where we can look at a character and say, this character doesn't have sustain, this character doesn't have a lot of defense, they're useless. No one's useless anymore. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's something great. On the whole Wonder Girl topic, though, uh, M4 was one of the persons saying that like uh, Atrocitus and Wonder Girl are best friends forever because of his leadership giving Enrage. She punches people to death on her first turn. <laughs> And that, <laughs> imagine that. That plus a hundred percent damage and a bunch yeah. of crit rate. So, like, sh- not only is you just sort of have to contend with the fact that she might be whipping you out of turn, but uh, when she gets her turn, you might just be dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, that that's one of the sca- like the other things. Of, if she wasn't sort of scary enough to go against uh, as she was, even post her adjustment, sh- now she has her best friend forever, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you also uh, have to some, consider something to point out. The enraged oh, doesn't. Go ahead. I was going to say the enraged doesn't care if she's going to trigger her passive. She can trigger her passive while enraged. It doesn't change anything. Mm-hmm. And stunned, as it turns out, she can just whip you while she's stunned too. She doesn't care about that either. Yeah, that's no, that if she has that legendary upgrade. Right? If she has a legendary, yeah. Oh, because, because she purges for... the stun. Which uh, right, she can purge the stun before she triggers the whip. But the point is, is if you're using her with Atrocitus, you don't necessarily want that so that she'll keep you enraged. Well, so... Yeah, that's a good point. I still have only placed two of my legendary points for her because I just, I don't know what to do with the other ones. Mm. I don't want, I want her to be effective with Atrocitus, right? Uh, you only need the basic and the lasso, to be fair. I agree. Mm-hmm. That's all that I've used. <laughs> that's The, uh... <laughs> The other thing about the basic they have to consider is that it can't miss. Like, regardless of if she's enraged or not, it just won't miss. Yeah, it's, it's so awesome hitting even, through 800 stacks. Even the common characters that you would pick to somewhat control her, like Batman Beyond and those likes, that can just keep the hit chances down, she won't be able to whip you anymore because that can miss now, but she can still just punch you and kill you instantly. So... I mean, something to consider. The, the fact that it can't miss with all the evasion characters that are running around like Batgirl, it makes a pretty good deal. So, uh, in terms of PvP, 
let's move on, I guess, to uh, the biggest topic that's on a lot of people's mind. It's the Avarice Siege and the controversy around there. So let's uh, jump into that real quick. The biggest thing, I guess, that was at the beginning of the Avarice Siege that uh, people sort of picked up on and hate mail in the, the Oddsman, or sorry, not the, in the We Are Legends uh, recent podcast, they talked about the revenge looping and how everyone was sort of uh, in uproar about how that uh, could have wrecked a really good thing. And uh, luckily for us, they fixed that real quick. Looping was taken out real quick. So basically, you can only, you can, revenging is still there. And, but you can't uh, continually fight the same person after you've avenged the fight. Uh, now, there was some argument on whether that should be a thing or not. So we'll discuss that in a second. And then there was also the controversy behind um, on August 22nd, the day that they released the Avarice Energy Pack in stores. Uh, which brought up another controversy. Uh, if you guys don't know, uh, you guys should be seeing it in your stores right now. It's 15 Avarice Energy for 2,000 gems, limited one per day. Uh, and this created a lot of controversy and drama around that. Uh, we'll talk about that again in a little bit more in depth. But before we get into that, what do you think? What are your overall thoughts on the Avarice Siege in general in terms of, I guess, difficulty, enjoyment, uh, the price payouts? So uh, who wants to go first? I guess I will. Sure. As far as the Avarice Siege... Like I was saying when this first came around, I don't care if you don't want to participate in this event at all. At least get to 200 points. Get those massive, massive stack of legendary essence. It is absolutely monstrous insane. I don't care about the Lark for shards. The legendary essence is going to be a huge boost to you regardless of what level you're playing at. You know, like the amount of that legendary essence is absolutely insane. Uh, so at the very least do that overall, I've really enjoyed the event. I thought it was a really interesting idea on how to structure a PVP. And I think there's actually a couple things to be learned from this, uh, that could be implemented elsewhere in other PVPs. Uh, one being, I love the point structure, the three to 12, where the third point matter, third star matters the most is actually really cool. You know, I think that's a really cool idea because it does give those players with the deep rosters, you know, a bit more reward for getting those three stars versus players who have not so deep a roster and can only one star. You're earning much less points. And it's a static three to 12. There's not a range on it. So I really like that. It's really cool. Uh, And then the other thing that I think could be learned from this event was that everybody started at zero. So there, there was no... You know, oh, well, you start at 1,500, you start at 1,200, you start at, you know, 900. There's none of that. So it's everybody starts at zero. I think those are the two really big things that I really like the most out of this. All right, let's turn it over to Doom. All All right, so I will also say that in terms of the point structure, I do especially like that for every single person, 3 to 12. It doesn't matter if your roster is the top of the top or the bottom of the bottom. You get to fight for those same exact points, which really, really helps and benefits the people that have actually gone through and developed their rosters. It's a benefit they don't really get in normal PvP because most other players will get big pages of like 16, 20 fights. Meanwhile, the people at the top of the game, the top of their rosters, only get 3 to 6, maybe an occasional 4 to 8. But in this one... 6 to 9? 6 to 9, that's the one I mean, sorry. But in this one, everyone gets a 3 to 12. It doesn't matter how big or small your roster is, and I think that's great. Also... Man, those prizes. Oof. 
oh, finally, I can L5 some characters. Oh my goodness, I am mm, salivating. I agree with Ogre. I don't care if you don't care a thing about Larflees. I don't care if you don't care a thing about Siege. Get that essence. Get to 200, get that essence. Because, man, that is just the gem value alone is worth it. And the time constraints as well. Oh, my goodness. Think of all the essence you're saving. It's insane. Just so, just as for people who are interested, the mathematics behind 100,000 legendary essence from the Lord of the Unliving is 4,200 gems if you were to do it all in one sitting. Yeah. Okay. And I believe it's somewhere in the range of like 300,000 regular essence or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. It's like 300, 320, something like that. But. Oh yeah, but yeah. If you're not, if even if you don't care a thing about it, still at least do that basic minimum. Get that 200. Get your foot in the door because you're gonna want that essence. Yeah. But that's all I have to say on the base event itself. It's very well done. I agree with Ogre. It's something to learn from. There were some choice mistakes, but they fixed it fast. That no one say that they don't care enough to never fix anything. Because man, the revenge loop became a thing and it was just gone. So, yeah. you know. Pretty nice, pretty good event. Honestly, I'm happy they had it. Makes me wonder what all this legendary essence is for, if they're just being nice. But that's speculation for another day. Let's turn it over to Chrome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just want to say overall, they, the WB, I should say, like, the game, the support has been really great recently. I, I, I don't know. Uh, you're right about them making that fix really quick on the revenge. All in all, they certainly seem to care, despite some of the drama controversy that we've had. Uh, for me, I, I also really love, I love the point structure. I don't think enough can be said about that. I really hope Wraith Arena gets the same sort of scoring. Uh, I just think that this is... Uh, it, the payoff for having a deeper roster it makes me feel like there's a reason to stick around. The game was getting a little stale, I can't, I can't lie, but this breathed new life in it for me. Yeah, you know what? Um, I mean, I, I'm sort of in the same boat. This event, um, the biggest thing about this event that I really enjoy is the fact that the difficulty, uh, the point structure is part of it, and the fact that using certain characters benefits you more. It really makes you think and strategize. Uh, so this is one of the time, like one of the first times in a long time where I have to really check uh, what I'm going up against in terms of my opponents, what characters, what That's legendaries right. points they have put into their characters, to make sure I kind of can plan out my turn order to know if I'm going to get wrecked if I go in with this composition, or you know how can I defeat this composition? What tools do I need to play with uh, in order to sort of come out successful? Right? Because. Um. Sorry, if I may interject, it also happens to be a benefit because of the revenge costs is sometimes plan your teams on purpose to be, how can I get the most losses with certain teams out there? Right. Like, some people are running Clayface specifically to bait out Wonder Girl teams just to clear them easily with Deadshot team. So that's also something yeah. to consider. That's fair enough. Yeah, the layers of strategy are, are welcome. <laughs> But I mean, what I was, what I was. Yeah, this is this is something. The strategy here is definitely something players have been wanting, and we, I think, they delivered very well on it. Oh yeah, definitely. When you're going into this type of fight, and when you're you're really planning things out, it makes it a lot more satisfying when you come out victorious at the end, right? But it's also because Absolutely. it's also because of at the end of it, the loss, each loss costs so much, right? Because let's say you go into a regular like five point battle and you lose. Five avarice siege energy is what like how many hours? It's eight hours. Eight many, hours of waiting. That's 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 really really tremendous, right? And you're not getting that back because it's limited, right? 
So you can't actually buy into it. Well, that's sort of what we're going to do right now. There's a finite amount, no matter what. <laughs> right, but like the idea is that you're fairly limited. In even what you even can. even still, it's still limited because you can only limit one purchase per day. Right. Well, and I mean, you can only have right the fifteen right. from uh, legendary missions. So at maximum, you still only have forty-five energy per day. It's not like regular PvP. You can't just buy unlimited energy. Right. So it's, it's still what, limited. That's what I was getting into. So, but, so the idea is that like if you don't, there is a finite amount of energy out there. Period. So whether or not you go and buy it, or whether or not you go and get it through legendary missions or whatnot, or just you know stock up your fifteen per day, there is a very finite amount, and that means that each energy is that much more valuable. So you really, really, really have to make the most out of it. So it really, really puts that little pressure at the back, you know, in the back of your head that uh, I really need to get the most out of this. I really need to try and three star it as much as I can, right? So. That's one of the things that you, you like. It's very hard to sort of create that scenario to create that um, that that pressure, I guess. So if they could bring that into other elements of the game, other game modes, that's probably something I really enjoy in the game because a lot of people might not like that. Actually, like on the flip side, they might not like that sort of added pressure. They want to. They're more casual. They want to get, you know, just play for fun. And uh, some people don't even do PvP for that for that reason, right? So this might not even be for them, but. I'm saying for those who really like the competition, the strategy, this is definitely, definitely there for them, I think. So, I like that. You you just reminded me of something, if you guys are interested. Mm -hmm. When I visited WB last time, I actually learned the amount of players who actually participate in PvP daily. No way. How much is that? It is about 60%. Oh, really? So 40% of people are actually playing? About 60% participate in PvP daily. Wow. That's... A lot that's, than I, thought. I mean, I don't know what the numbers are exactly, but that's what I, you know, that's, that's still really cool. I thought it was interesting, so. Actually, now that I think about it, that number doesn't seem that way, that, that far off for me, because if you think about, let's say, how many new players you're getting on a regular basis, right? A lot of the new players won't join PvP. Uh, I, even I didn't until I was like, what, like, oh, yeah. level 30? Three or, or four like months. Like yeah, like, I was like, I, waited three or four months. I think the first time I went up against, uh, like into PvP was during the, the good old like Hal Jordan is like the best leader ever like days of but well, that's like two years ago right at this point so but I mean yeah at that point at that point I was like maybe level thirty or level forty before I started to sort of dip my toes in there so yeah anyways that that doesn't uh, seem like a very far off number to me but back to the average siege. The idea behind revenging uh, that was quickly fixed, but the idea the concept behind should. Revenging even be a thing. This was brought up before. Like, do you guys think that we might be better off if they just completely just remove revenging as an option? What do you guys think? No. For at least for Siege, I think that they need to definitely look at whether or not they're going to allow the bonus characters. I think was probably the the one thing people were maybe... You know, because obviously doing a revenge battle, it's still a decent return because you're using one energy for three points. It's not terrible. It's still up there on the higher parts of the return value. Right. But when you start adding in the, the bonus characters and you can get up to 11 points just for doing a revenge battle, I think that's where it kind of gets a little skewed. All right, Doom, what do you think? I have to agree with that. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Doom, you were saying no. Like, let's not get rid of it. Yeah, I don't think they should get rid of it. No, mind you, I think they should increase the cost. I don't uh, think it should just be one energy. That is be, too low. It should be what it was originally, you mean? Like three, for example? Yeah, I'd, I'd say three maybe. And on top of that also, I think that they should take away the base value of points. So 
say you have three and you revenge with your characters, you can only get up to eight points. Okay. Because then your cost levels are definitely a bit weaker than if you're just to do a regular fight. I you see. could still do it if you have an easily beatable enemy team on your log, but otherwise you're not really going to want to do it unless okay. you can very easily. So essentially you're just saying you want to decentivize them to do it, but like it's still the option's still there. Yes. Okay. I mean that makes sense. Okie doke. So I mean back to the controversy aspect of this. So as we were talking about before, they released the the 15 energy pack recently and that created a whole community drama on the fact that um, this siege event up until the second week, sorry, the third week, at the beginning of the third week is when they released this pack. Now, I have my my personal issue is why did they first of all why did they re- decide to release this in the middle of the event after the second week was finished? Why not release this at the very beginning? Maybe you would have less drama as a result, right? The other thing is, uh, why did they choose to make the pack two thousand gems for fifteen energy? Why not make it a smaller amount, for example? Because it is a substantial amount. A two thousand gems is nothing you know to scoff at, for example. And uh, I agree that it should be limited if they're going to release it at all. But the amount seems, you know, maybe a little bit out of reach for, especially a lot for the free-to-play players. And that's sort of what the controversy uh, brings up: the fact that people who can afford to buy the packs will probably do so to stay ahead, right? But those who can't won't. So basically, it creates sort of this unfair advantage for those who have the means to do so. A lot of the praise that this event was getting was the fact that the free-to-play players could hang with the, uh, the play-to-win players. So now that, they're, that they released this, that, that, that sort of um, disparity that wasn't there is now back. And I, I, sorry, there we go. I think that's only partially true, though. Okay. I think, okay, so firstly, I think that the reason that they put it out in the middle was because they wanted players to know how it worked, to know what they were doing, and to know about where they were in the pack of the leaderboard so that if they had put this out on day one, things would have been so much different. And people would have been spending all this energy and all this energy, and then all of a sudden they can't win anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, why did I spend all this energy? And they would have just been pissed that way. Okay. So I get that one. I get that. Because only certain players are going to be spending on this pack anyway. Okay. Right? So if you're, if you're debating on spending and you realize, okay, I'm not within reach of getting this goal that I had, I'm not going to buy it. Or I might buy it a little bit less just to maintain my rank that I want to keep. You know, that kind of thing. I think that's where it really kind of came down to. Okay. <clears throat> you guys want to weigh in on this? Yeah, I'd Anybody? say that. No, I'm, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and give my opinion last, or I was planning to, because I'm kind of in the field of, I don't see what the problem is, but I guess now that I've started, I might as well finish <laughs> out. Personally, here's the thing. People are acting, in my opinion, and this isn't me being arrogant, this is me more just, you know, taking things in stride on how I'm looking at stuff. Arrogance is my job. I know. I won't outdo you on that one. But the way a lot of people are framing it is the idea of, oh, because people can buy this, now I'm going to drop in rank. You have to keep in mind that the reward structure is incredibly generous. You have to drop a long ways down, and I'm talking a long, long, long ways down, in order for the value of going up in rank 
to equal out to those gems that you would need to spend. Like, I think I did the math on it. And you would have to drop from literally like 1,000th place to top 15,000 in order for it to be worth it for you to buy even one Avarice Energy Pack. And like a lot of people don't consider the fact that if you're at 3,000 and you were to, let's say, everyone below you decides to buy a pack and it drops you to 5,000, you're still making huge dividends. You're only missing out on a little bit of Legendary Essence. And on top of that, the only people that are truly going to be heavily, heavily affected by this are the people who are in that top 5, top 10 area. Because those are the people that are going to be running into the issue that they need to keep up with the other people who are right around them contending for that top spot. People in 5,000th place, people in 3,000th place, people even in 1,000th place. Honestly, you guys are pretty much not going to be as affected because the value of buying that pack is way less for the people around you and below you. Because, what, someone's going to spend, what is it, I think it was 16, 18, 24,000 gems just to climb to top 500, that's not really going to affect your rank, and it's not like the thousands of people around you are going to be doing it. Now, I understand that perhaps the controversy in the main issue is that they advertised it in a way, they proposed it as a strategic, purely player-based thing, that money wasn't going to be involved. In that case, I understand that there would be a bit of backlash on the idea that now they're releasing a pay-to-win quote-unquote option. But ultimately... At the end of the time, you have to look at it as it is. The value of 15 Avarice Energy is way lower than 2,000 gems. It's exorbitantly priced because that makes it a very low-value option. Sure, people who can't afford it, who can buy it, will buy it. But those people were already at the top of the rankings. It's not like some Joe Schmo with 100,000 gems is sitting at rank 10,000 just waiting for this. Like, no. He's rich enough to already have developed his roster to a point where he could just walk into top 100. So I do understand the issue that WB seems to be monetizing this needlessly, that it could have functioned entirely free to play. And again, in that case, I can agree to some point. But ultimately, the issue isn't that it's an option to buy it, because that ultimately doesn't affect the standings all that much. Like me personally... I bought one or two because I'm lazy and I haven't done Avarice like two weeks out of this month. And I use it to maintain my rank. And honestly, on the last day, if I'm slightly low, I might use it again. But it's not like it's going to be worth it for me to drop the other 16,000 gems to maybe hike my way up and get an extra 100,000 essence. No way. So that's my input on it. You know, from an economic stance... It makes no sense to complain about it. It's an awful deal, and the only people who would buy it are the only people who would end up not affecting the general mass because of their placement already. But I can understand the controversy from the stance of, hey, WBU promised us this, and now you're not delivering. What's up with it? But that's my two cents on it. Graham, what do you think about that? Oh, man, I was all, like, jazzed and ready to be like, ah, but Zoom talked me off the ledge. Uh, I don't know. I see, I see how it has utility for people who didn't have a chance to play, and that makes a lot of sense. I guess part of the drama for me, or the way I would see it for anyone competing in the top 100, is you felt like all of your choices mattered, and everything that you'd done up to that point, you know, everything mattered. And then when this was introduced, I guess in a way it sort of felt like, oh, well, now it doesn't, you know, maybe I made this decision, that decision, it helped me shoot my way up, you know, 10, 20, 30 more spots, but now I'm not going to buy this thing. 
And now, you know, you just worry about that guy behind you. As Doom said, it's going to be all the people at the top. But it just felt like almost like you had your legs chopped out from under you because you had thought you had this nice fair. Everyone was competing in this. I don't know. It felt like almost noble, as ridiculous as that might sound. <laughs> so on that whole uh, ranking and sort of, I guess, uh, league placement um, issue there, I mean, Krom, you're one of the, the people who are actually still in the top 100, right, as of right now? Uh, since I had a switch to my phone, I haven't been able to play. I'm probably falling behind. No, I don't. <laughs> I think I was in the top 100 last I looked. Okay. I mean, so have you been noticing anything, like, really changing uh, since the pack's been released? Now it's been, you know, just under a week. So nothing crazy. I would say, and it's possible that this would have happened anyway, but I would say I, I was ranging somewhere between, we'll say, like, 40 and 80. And after the pack was released, like, I don't know, like the next morning I was, I dropped down to like 110, which was the lowest I had been since we began. And uh, so now I'm seeming to fall somewhere between, say, 50 and 110-ish. It's, so it's, it's just, a, you know, that could have happened anyway. It's hard to say. That's decision making. So, I mean, for me personally, like I was hovering just outside of uh, top 100, sort of where I guess I guess I like to be. And Dula's sort of like showing, saying the same thing because he's a... Uh, He's in the top 100 as well, and I've noticed personally I've dropped a couple of ranks um, since the pack's been out. But I'm not sure if that's you know completely if we can completely attribute it to the fact that there's more energy floating out there or not. But you know I've I've went down about 20 or 30 points. Dula said he dropped about 10, 10 positions. Sorry. Yeah, he's so, killing it, man. He's way up there. Him and Neutron. Right. So. In general, like, you know, there could be a lot of factors at play. It might, it's possible that it's uh, completely attributed to the fact that there's more energy floating out there. The other thing that I've noticed is that um, I think in M4 or who who else, someone else was bringing this up was the fact that, um, or maybe it was uh, Scotty Mac. They were saying that the fact that there's more energy out there, there's more battling happening and there's more revenging possibly. So if you're getting attacked more because there's more energy out there, uh, then you have the more possibilities for revenge, which gives, uh, getting back to what we were talking about before, there's more um, points to be had in revenging than there is from the uh, traditional means, right? So then that in and, in and of itself, if that actually happens for those lucky few, it'll sort of compensate and it'll let you climb a little bit faster because you're getting attacked more and revenging more, right? So uh, I'm not really sure how that's supposed to balance things out. You know, it's it's very hard to sort of judge that and figure out that data, but I'm I'm sure that plays into it too. Now on the whole pack issue, now getting sort of uh, into the community drama aspect of this a little bit more in depth, Kage, with the help of uh, the oddsmen, uh, wrote a sort of call to arms um, on Reddit, and it was sort of presenting this situation as sort of a prisoner's dilemma. And uh, Ogre, Doom, uh, myself, we're sort of looking over his open, uh, open edit piece and we're sort of giving him opinions on how to Im- improve it or change it. And, uh, and he posted it up there at the end. So that's a lot of our thoughts at the same time with his mixed in together. Now, uh, I mean, I guess, Ogre, what do you think about the whole idea? Well, speak for of- yourself. I didn't actually share his opinion. I was just helping him, you know, make the, okay. the dialogue correct. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. So, that's fine. So, I mean, I'm just trying to help a buddy out. That's all I was trying to do. I wasn't trying to you know, portray my position in it. And that's actually the same reason I didn't actually go into the post and make my own comment. No, no. Uh, what, I was, what I was trying to say, I wasn't saying that we're, we're necessarily supporting his view. We're supporting his 
speech, like sort of the way it was written. Because right. it was, I was, it was I was, was supporting like, Kage. Right. I was supporting Kage. I wasn't trying to interject my own opinions or anything right, like right. that. I was just trying to help him out. Was I was just, basically the guy in college that you went to and say, hey, proofread this for me. Yeah, that's it. And that's all I was trying to do for him. That's what we're you saying. know, I was just trying to help him out. A lot of so a lot of his words there were sort of mixed into uh, a lot of it was probably Doom's words actually to be very honest with it, but uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of the eloquence in his speech or in his call to arms was a mix between Doom uh, Ogre and I is sort of what I was saying too. So, uh, but his message is his message is what we're trying to say at the end. Overall, he's basically saying that um, you, the prisoner's dilemma, if you guys aren't really familiar with it, is where two people, two prisoners are sort of uh, in different rooms and they're being, they're being interrogated for the same issue. And they basically want one person to sort of turn on the other, right? Uh, that's the idea. So, but the idea is each person doesn't know what the other person is going to say. And you are trying to sort of look out for your own best interest, but you're trying to figure out what the other person is trying to say so that you can cover each other, Right. Now, what, how this applies to the average siege is that are we all going to buy the energy or none of us are going to buy the energy or if some of us are going to buy the energy and none of us are going to buy it and the other set isn't going to buy the energy. At what, how does it affect each other, right? So what he's trying to say is that, well, we as community, if we dislike this enough, if we are completely against this, then we as community should do our best to agree that we're not going to buy this. We're going to boycott it and we're not going to, we're not going to buy into it. Right. So, I mean, that's sort of his stance in a nutshell. So, I guess, uh, I mean, Ogre, you already said that that's not really the opinion that you share. Or do you want to elaborate on that a little bit more? To me, this is one of those things that, again, because of the way the structure of the rewards are set, a lot of the people just aren't going to take advantage of it. Like, it's just, there's no point in jumping from 5,000 to 3,000 really there's really not enough reason to to do that to me i mean it'll affect the higher up people the people that are trying to get top 600 or better probably Mm -hmm. uh because 600 i believe is the calculation where i figured out that l3 is available for larvelies without buying a pack of his shards right uh so i want to say that's probably the cutoff people that are shooting for that 600 mark and higher anything below that you might see some, you know, wiggle in that area where people are trying to hit L2 and L1. Like, those are the marks that you're going to see flux at. You're not going to see flux in between a whole lot. So, all right, I guess, Grom, what do you think about that whole issue? Well, again, for me, I think it comes down to the guys who have these wide rosters, right? They've either been around for a long time since the game's inception or beta or whatever you want to call it. Some people would argue we were still in the beta not that long ago. It just, it's sort of, it feels like you're milking the same cow over and over again and the teats are getting sore. You know what I mean? These guys, they feel like they they could play the game, it was free to play, and then their roster is what was carrying them. And now all of a sudden, there was this extra, you know, uh, wrench thrown in, if you will. At least that's how I would feel about it. If I were, if I were up in the top, if I were in the top 10, I'd be like, oh yeah, man, things are going great. Then all of a sudden this pack comes like, ah, crap. So I guess it is a small part of the community. But that said, we need, you know, we're, we're like, it's a community. We all need each other here. We can't, we can't milk the same guys over and over, so to speak. Fair enough. Yeah. So, I mean, well, to be fair, that's just how these uh, mobile game economies are designed. They're, they're literally designed to advantage the 1% and the 99% just don't. You're right. That's South Park did teach me this. 
<laughs> all right so I've, all right we've talked about siege long enough let's move along to the, the I, I, big do, event. I, I do want to say one thing in terms of the actual cost of the pack uh in terms like you know in terms of actual numbers so i was running through this with the the justice league of reddit in our chat and basically um i worked it out to like if your if your concern is where am i going to place in uh as a result of this and in terms of getting larfly shards if your concern is larfly shards now at up until last week, up until Friday, I guess, uh, Larfleet's his 8K pack was still in the store. So if you equate uh, these packs as being, well, four of these packs equals one of the 8K packs, you would have, if you bought this pack four times, you would have, you already would have had guaranteed 8K, or sorry, 100 of his shards, right? So let's say if you bought that pack up front, where would 100 less shards place you in terms of where you needed to place in terms of to, to reach your goals? Now, in my case, for example, I needed about uh, top 600 to get an L4 Larfleet, which was my goal, right? Now, let's say I went and di- went and invested in the 8K pack, bought 100 Larfleet shards. I could drop 100, sh- uh, 100 shards from what I needed to. And where I needed to place as a result of that was like top 2,000. So... If your if your your concern is the shards, you probably would have been better off just buying the 8K pack and let yourself slide because you have such a huge buffer. Like in my case, between top 600 to top 2,000, right? The only thing is now, if your concern is it the shards, if you really want the legendary essence, then that's a whole different issue. But then you have to think to yourself: now, let's do the math behind. I'm spending you know 2,000 gems every day into trying to be, stay competitive to get those mo- like that bigger legendary essence payout at what point does it stop becoming cost effective right i didn't actually run the numbers but i'm sure there's going to be well, a breaking point i mean let's not get too bogged down with the numbers here because i'm sure a lot of it's going to bore like the majority yeah of i know listeners. but now what i was trying to say <laughs> is that like let's say going back to my topic of i wanted to place in the top 600 for my original goal uh if i bought the 8k pack i could slide down to top 2000 for example but I'm sticking now on the topic of the pack. I so far haven't bought a pack at all. And the 8K pack is no longer available to me. That means uh, I have to sort of stick to my original plan to get my goal of top 600. Now, the fact that the pack is there, if I see myself sliding like closer to tops, like to the 600 mark, and maybe I might actually dip outside, nearing the end of the siege, maybe I'll consider buying the pack uh, in order to stay in there. However, to me, as a, in order to stay cost effective, if I buy more than four packs, like if I buy three to four packs, I'm at the territory where I was probably better off just buying the 8K pack, right? So this is sort of like what uh, I advise to you guys by the time you know this podcast comes out. You probably should be judging where it is that you want to plan to. If you need to use this pack to sort of help you land where you need to land, then that's fine, right? I'm not saying that you shouldn't be buying the pack. At the same time, I do understand the point of view of the people who are trying to rally behind the cause of let's not buy the pack let's boycott it so i'm currently there like i haven't bought the pack yet but if i'm at a point where i have to sort of you know be self-servant and i need that to sort of to to achieve my goals i'm going to buy it so i'm not you know i'm going to put that out there so we're going to get into the event horizon all right All right, so uh, Atrocitus event is just about to wrap up. We got, I think, today and tomorrow left on it. Uh, I know I have been I've been shooting for L five this whole time on Atrocitus, and uh, I am on course 
I haven't swayed. I haven't missed one. I'm happy about that. Hopefully everybody got their chance to at least get him to, you know, L2, L3, whatever it is you were shooting for. Uh, I think he's going to be a very good character, obviously. We all kind of agree on that. Uh, but then, was it yesterday? We just had the White Lantern Sinestro New Guardians event open up. Everybody is very excited about this event and how it played out. Uh, they removed the legendary requirements on the gating. And now the enemies will just straight up beat the crap out of you if you're at a point where you shouldn't be. Yeah, on that note, I ran through it yesterday. I mean, yesterday was the day it was open. And I was pretty excited. I was like, I, I was talking to Kage and I was like, all right, be right back. I'm going to go get my L4 Sinestro right now. <laughs> and actually, uh, I got all the way to the last node and I got destroyed by Wave 2. So uh, I was very unprepared for that. So I'm going to try again after I get Larflees up and uh, I'll try again. Hopefully that'll be better. But uh, the last node is no joke, uh, especially if you don't have enough uh, gear 11 characters. Like, gear 10 characters can probably finish it, but it's going to be a very big struggle, definitely. So, um, Krom, I saw that you put up a few videos of you running through it. How do you feel? So, I have to say, after when I read it today and I saw that people were, you know, really struggling with that last node, it's, I guess it's the plight, if you will, of the G11. I had, that thing was basically on auto, but it was awesome to watch. Larkley's, his damage is out of control. It's, it was just, it was fun. You just see him and Star Sapphire blast things. Just blast, blast. Uh, but I mean, overall, I, I want to go back and I want to try and do it with my lower level, uh, Medfil and Arcus and all those guys. So you can expect one more video with me probably getting my butt kicked because all those guys are year nine, year 10. Yeah. How about this? Let's say, uh, what strategies or what characters do you, say, do you think that maybe lower level, uh, or lower geared um, players might want to use to sort of help push through the event. For example, is there certain lanterns that are more useful than others in for certain you know tools and respects? I guess Medfill. Oh yeah, Medfill. I think would be a great person to have available. Mine mm -hmm. is not usable, but I think he is perfect for this this type of event. Okay, so we have Medfill on top Star of this. Yeah, Star Sapphire. Okay, Star Sapphire is going to be really good. But the reason I bring up Medfill. Most of the opponents are strength-based uh -huh. in this event. Uh, there is a little bit of special damage, but if you can get around those, uh, Medfil can pretty much shut down Necron, can shut down you know other boss characters right. that you're fighting throughout the event. So, I mean, Medfil, and also the amount of meter that Medfil throws out with his leadership is just really, really powerful. Also, do not scoff that damage immunity. He will protect somebody that you need to protect. On the note of special damage versus regular damage, I was actually surprised that in the White Lantern Sinestro challenge, there isn't White Lantern Sinestro in the challenge. So, uh, yeah. But two that. Hal Jordans in that last note, right? Yeah, that was weird. Why Why does Hal Jordan What's get that about? Who, who all's in that last note? It's Hal, Atrocitus, Larflees, and Necron? Hal again, and Hal again. And Hal, yeah. It's double Hal. Hal again. No Hal shows parallax, He's like, Hal. Oh, you think you got me the first time? Oh, I'm back. It's <laughs> <So. laughs> really silly, man. <laughs> oh, that's kind of funny. I think I wonder if that's just a mistake. What if he's supposed to be like um, John Stewart? It was probably supposed to be John Stewart. Yeah, yeah. That's what I figured. Yeah, that makes more sense, right? Yeah. Because well, technically they're both in game. They're both titled Green Lantern. Yeah, so that's probably. Like, uh, that's so I'm wondering if it was just a a glitch. Yeah. Probably. So, because the majority of people, their lantern roster is probably all green, right? It's all energy based, and uh, like those who have them, like some of them geared out, right? Well, to be fair, there's only like three that aren't. 
Right. Fair enough. Right. So what I was yeah. saying is that uh, in terms of what I'm worried about going up against, I was worried about White Lantern, Sinestro, and Star Sapphire, right? Because if those if those two show up uh, and they're super buffed in terms of a buff node or a boss node, right? I could see them just rip apart your team. So unless you had Atrocitus to counter them, right? So you had to sort of figure out where you want to be. But luckily for us, we have a lot of whales who run through the event real fast, <laughs> and we get to see you know who's in the last node and yeah, there's no blues. There's no there's no mystics at all. So <laughs> you don't have to worry. You can more or less go in with like a full green team if you wanted to. On that, we were saying that, you know, Star Sapphire and uh, Medfill are probably really good for lower level, uh, lower geared um, players, mainly because of, I guess, the damage immunity and the strength downs on Medfill and the heal, like the sustain from uh, the, the healing and the mends from Star Sapphire, right? But other than those two, anyone else that you might want to recommend? I think Arthas I found Hal to be really good. Yeah. Hal Jordan providing all those shields. Yeah. Well, his choice stun and his assists are just really handy. Oh, yeah. Also, for those for those of you who thought that, you know, like Arcus, as good as he was, uh, could solo this event, he cannot solo the last node. Yeah. I don't even think oh, Larflees... I don't even think Larflees can solo the last node, right? Duloth said he could not, I believe, on Discord. Yeah. So now, Duloth, during his stream, got wrecked with Larflees. Yeah. I did it on the stream. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to get ahead of yourself, get cocky. Try probably go in with a full team. <laughs> That's probably what we're trying yeah, to say. Yeah, I think the health yeah. totals are crazy. Yeah. So, um, uh, so I went in with three gear nines and then a gear 11 atrocitus. Yeah. My atrocitus got locked three shot by those minions in wave one. The And then the rest of the team just fell apart because they're gear nine. I lost I lost one of my guys to uh, the blue minions, the mystic minions on wave one. So that was pretty rough. And then I just got destroyed by atrocitus and Marcus on wave two. So... Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough hill to climb, but um, it makes for an interesting challenge. I like the fact you know I'm not I'm a bit you know butt hurt the fact that I lost you know 50 energy, but <laughs> it, it does make it does make for an interesting challenge. So I say I would much rather this be challenging, which is exactly what they gave us. This is yeah. we finally got some sort of end level content. Yeah, yeah, but what, yeah, I agree. I think this is a good move. Yeah. Like I'm saying, I'm not saying that it's a it's it's bad on their part that they should make it easier. No, but I'm saying that like I'm just I'm just hurt that I lost energy because I that's you know <laughs> that's just me losing resources. First world so, problems. Right, exactly. I mean, I, I'm the resource guy, right? I don't like losing resources. I don't like mis mismanaging my resources. That's but that was my fault. So I should have looked into the battle and seen whether or not it was hard or not, and then waited until a better time to try it. <laughs> Anyways, that's on me. Uh, okay. I mean, I guess that was that was that. That was the uh, the CG, Sorry, not that was the White Lantern Sinestro event. Uh, let's get into the shop real quick. <laughs> so into the shop, uh, there have been a couple of bug fixes since the last uh, update. Clayface again gets another fix. <laughs> I think this time he's now cheating death uh, appropriately, like when he's supposed to be, uh, without like glitching out. So let's say let's let's say that he's working as he should have been from day one. It took a few months, but we got there. <laughs> then we have uh, Atrocitus's. We think we got there. Right now, there was the whole controversy around Atrocitus's leadership, and Stanner has posted in the community center and I believe on their forums as well. Uh, saying that his leadership is actually working as intended, it's just awkwardly worded. 
uh, it may not have been, you know, uh, very eloquently written the first time. So the idea is that I believe he doesn't get, he doesn't, the characters don't initially get the boost right off the bat. They get it on their initial turns or something like that. So here's, here's the short explanation of how it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. As I understand it, his leadership will not affect the secondary part of his leadership where the characters start with enrage. Right. They have to actually gain the enrage during the battle. But that's technically... Does that make sense? Or? Yeah, that makes sense. So it's it's actually that way right now. It's just the way it's worded doesn't actually give you that impression. Right. So uh, from what from what I'm being told is that in the next upcoming update, or maybe it's already there, I haven't actually looked at it again, but that wording will be changed to what she posted in the community center. So hopefully that will clear things up for most people. But other than that, I mean, there wasn't too much to be fixed there. Let's see. There was a bit of a controversy in terms of the fact that during the Larfleet's original alliance week being switched to Red Robin due to availability issues, and it just kind of made sense that Red Robin was the PvP reward for that week to have that happen. But during in the hero tab of the shop, during there's the um, the very old packs that are sort of always constant that have three different prices. Those usually feature the uh, featured alliance character for that week. Now it's a bit weird that it features Larfleet's instead of Red Robin during that week. Or during this week, actually, at the time of this uh, this podcast, that was intentional. Yeah, I think from what we understand. Yeah, I mean, to me, I'm at the I'm of the point of view that well, it was originally large fleas week, and but at the same time, it's also to increase availability of a character that's hard to get. And you know, Red Robin's been around for a while, and he just had a PvP week. So what's the point of having more Red Robin shards in that? So there's there's he also had a showdown. Right. Yeah, I'm saying like other his, stuff like his, his availability his, his availability was out there. I'm just saying that people who wanted more Red Robin were the ones sort of being vocal about it, right? They wanted they're saying, well, it's his week right now. I want more Red Robin shards to get him at a higher rank. Why aren't they not in these packs? But you know. to be honest, though, to to be fair to everybody, those packs are not very good value in terms of shards. So you have to be buying the most expensive pack. Uh, I think the 8K pack for it to be like relatively close to any amount of like value. Uh, Otherwise, you're getting pretty bad value out of that pack. So I don't, I don't think those have an 8k. Oh, there's a 4k, the 4k pack. 4k, the 4, yeah. The 4k pack is the same value as the regular 108k packs. That's what I'm saying. So anything less than yeah, and it's like pack, a one to pack. 50 extra shards, I think. Right. So or one to 25 or something like that. Yeah, that's it. So basically, anything yeah, less so. than the 4k pack, the value is pretty bad in terms of return. So. Uh, okay, so then there's that. Then we get into uh, just, I think it was just a day ago, uh, during the beginning of the White Lantern Sinestro event, they released the Lantern packs. So they released packs for Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, Arcus, Jessica Cruz, and Sinestro. Uh, these packs were two, uh, 2,500 gems for anywhere between 50 to 70 shards. This pack, for those of you who don't know, is double the face value of the variable pack at the same price. So this is a very good uh, deal for those who want uh, these characters, who need these shards, right? So probably in particular, Arcus and Jessica Cruz, because Green Lantern and Sinestro are very easily farmed uh, in PvE. Well, they're both in campaign. Right. So And then Arcus is in red alerts all over the freaking place. Right. So I mean, uh, you, The only one personally I thought was worthwhile was Jessica, but... Yeah. So for those of you who haven't picked up enough of their shards, you know, this is a great value pack for you. So these, these packs, uh, they come around every now and then. But the original face value of the 2,500 gem pack is 25 to 50, I believe. So 
this is uh, definitely worth it because it's roughly double the value if you if you need these characters. So that was that. And then uh, then there was a whole sort of controversy, or I wouldn't even say controversy, but someone on uh, on Reddit pointed out that did they accidentally spoil September characters? The icon testing on the Google Play Store, and if you guys haven't noticed yet, um, there's a picture of it up on Reddit, uh, and now I guess everyone knows, anyways. If you're on social media, they posted uh, the icon of Batman, Two Face, and Riddler. <laughs> uh, so as of I believe yesterday, they confirmed that Two Face and Riddler are the characters, uh, the new characters for September, and that Poison Ivy and uh, Batman, uh, World's Greatest Detective, are being the reworks. So, do you guys want to, you know, sh- shed some uh, some light on those upcoming characters? Like, what exactly are you wanting us to shed? We don't no, know anything yet. What, we don't know what anything do about think, them. What do you think about the characters? Like the going the selections? Back? Yeah, yeah. The choice of the yeah. like. The, I, I, the, I like the choices. Mind. Like to be fair, yeah. Two Face and Riddler are characters that people have been asking for. Mm-hmm. Even if most players don't want Batman Month, they still want those two characters. Mm-hmm. So it's appreciated that. Right. You know, and I think it kind of is interesting that they decided to do it now mm-hmm. instead of wait till next month, or sorry, not next month, November, the, for November 2nd, the and two the two-year year. anniversary being Two-Face, yeah. the way the Joker was pointing out. But that's neither here nor there, so whatever. These characters are good. People are wanting them, so let's, you know, be happy about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what they're going to do with Ivy. I think she's in a pretty good spot as it is, yep. and honestly... World's Greatest Detective. I think I think he's always been good. I just I think he's kind of fallen off a lot in his niche because of characters like Wonder Girl. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. I'm just hoping that they make uh, World Greatest Detective Batman uh, good enough for me to make yeah. use of my legendary ten Batman. Well, I think we all are kind of hoping that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm excited uh, to try a pairing with Red Robin. Man, do all kinds of shenanigans. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, depending on what they do with him, he could have a lot of really interesting pairings now. Yeah. But in terms of the new characters, as I was saying on another podcast about Two-Face, like the potential for a Two-Face character, I just really hope the animation has uh, coin flipping during an idle state. Like he's just there flipping coins when, he's not, when it's not his turn. He needs uh, to be doing that in the, the character viewing yeah. when you're gearing up and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know that he needs to be doing it during battle. <laughs> no, he, he needs to be doing it all the time. He, just not, he needs to not stop. Yeah. <laughs> he used to be holding it. That's actually his attack animation. He flips yeah. a coin and it lands on you. I know that he has a two-handed Tommy gun. The giant, the giant one in the base in the back cave. Yeah, I, I know. That yeah, has, exactly. I know that he has a two-handed Tommy gun, right? But I want him to be holding that in one hand and flipping coin the other. <laughs> so, well, that's that's the whole shtick of the character. I get that, but like. Again, I think it'll be really, you know, detracting if he's doing it during combat. Yeah. Unless it's part of the attack animation, in which case, whatever. But I think he needs to be doing it during the idle in character viewing. Yeah. Kind of uh, how Flash used to tap his foot or stuff like yeah. that. What if he has an animation like Etrigan, where it zooms in on him, you watch the coin, it goes into like first person view and the coin comes down. So you can get dizzy every time it happens. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Let's That'd do be, it. You get you you, you have more uh, seizure uh, up, up like components in the game. I think. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> there was the um, uh, in terms of Riddler, for example. I I was wondering like if he would get sort of a Zatanna or um, a Shazam or a Black Adam type of treatment, where whenever he does a, a move or an attack he would say something and you'd see the visible words above his head. 
right? Like he would say like riddle me this or something like that, and then he'd get into his loop. I'd like to see something like that, you know. So uh, I think that might detract from him, but we'll see what they do. Because part of the Riddler's appeal to me is he's a character that's very vocal. Like when he's on like when he's on screen or when he's in the comics, he's always saying something, right? He's always being there and being eloquent in the way the Riddler is eloquent, right? Well, that's what the character is. He's yeah. not a combatant. Yeah. He's, 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 he fights with words. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, I wonder what abilities he's going to bring to the table. Hit chance down? I mean, what what do we think he converts to? I mean, I'm, I'm going to take a wild stab and in intelligence down. Yeah. That, that, like, uh, that just makes, that makes sense. sense. You know, I mean, sure it does. I, I don't know what else they could do. Obviously, like you were saying, hit chance down. It seems like something that could happen with his confusion tactic. Like, it just really depends on where they go with it. As long as he hits somebody with his cane over the head, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. So one of the one of the members on Reddit were posting during the when when that sort of uh, spoiler icon testing thing came up. Someone was saying that he guesses that Riddler would be sort of like a debuffing style character, and I could definitely see that. Like he'd probably be like um, passive, like sitting back, not not doing a whole lot, and then just debuffing a lot, right? But otherwise, I mean, so like the Constantine treatment. Constantine does have a media attack though, right? Like he does have an attack that just wrecks you. I can see like, you know, maybe uh, Riddler going like a Ivy route, maybe like being less of a, like up in your face attacker. That's what I'm trying to say. So, but that's what the guy was trying to say. That, that's what he was saying on, um, on Reddit too. So, I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. So. I, I'm sure that maybe at the, after the weekend, uh, by the time, I guess by the time this podcast is out, everyone will know what their full abilities are, like what their kits are. So we'll see what that is. It's a strong possibility. Yeah. All right. I mean, uh, with that, let's jump into the community watchtower. Wait, you mean we're going to take the watchtower out of orbit and drop it right on top of their little science project? Getting into the community watchtower, this is the part of the the podcast where we talk about the community uh, go figure right the reason why we have uh, chrombopulous michael on the show is because we want to talk to chrombopulous michael let's get to know him so uh before we get into it for those of you guys who don't know we mentioned it a little bit earlier in the podcast uh chrombopulous michael has his own youtube channel i think he, he's basically only using that for um like showing some battle videos that he shows to the jlr but you know, I think a lot of other people have been, you know, catching onto his channel and following his videos too. But uh, I mean, yeah, take it away. <laughs> what do you What do you want to talk about in terms of that? Oh, I get to like decide. It's like up well, to me. <laughs> I mean, the YouTube. Sorry, I mean the YouTube channel. In in terms of the YouTube channel. Uh, talk. Yeah, talk I about mean, I'll... why you started YouTubing and, and doing different things. Yeah. Okay, I can do that. So it actually it all really started with uh, Tim. Tim is one of my favorite comic book characters, Tim Drake, Red Robin, mm -hmm. of all time. My older brother used to take my, uh, me and my brother to the comic book store. We would go once a week, and we were allowed to get like one or two comics he would allow us, and Robin was always one that I got. So I've just, I have a long history with Tim, so I was pumped. He inspired me to try, him and that and Duloth really inspired me to try and do it. As you may notice, I don't talk a lot or at all on those videos, but I uh, made a promise to myself when I hit 50 subscribers, which happened recently, that I would try to put myself on the mic. And you guys were very helpful in asking me to come on here. Help me uh, break through some of this a little bit. The radio silence. Has you can broken. do it! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's awesome. So uh, later on at the end of the show, we'll, we'll give a shout out to his channel again for those of you guys who need to help join his channel. And help him get up to 100 subscribers so that he'll have a proper URL too. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So um, 
in terms of actual DCL and other comic related history, you, you're just saying that you you started off, I guess, well, one of your favorite characters is uh, Tim Drake. Uh, but in terms yeah, of DCL absolutely. and comics in general, how did you get started? So way back when, when we used to go, like I was saying, my brother used to take me and my little brother. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was that was it. Really, we would go, we would do that every week. I would get it. Like I said, Robin was always one of the comics I would get. Like that was, you know, it's uh, you know, how comics come out. I don't have to explain this to everybody who's listening to this cast, right? So <laughs> uh, basically, like one week I would get Robin and Nightwing, and the next week I would get uh, Green Lantern and Flash, and the next week I would get, you know, sort of like that. So my my favorite books really are Green Lantern, Flash, uh, Robin, Nightwing. Those are those are really my heroes. Like I, I would really love for Wally. Original Wally, I should say, to enter the game. I want Kyle in the game. Love to see Connor Wally? and Bart come into the game. You're talking about red-headed Wally? What's that? The red-headed Wally? Yes, red-headed Wally. Uh, to me, he's original Wally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got you. So, yeah. Like, to be fair, he could just be Flash, depending on which continuity you're going with. So Absolutely. I mean, that, that run by Mark Wade was the best, man. I love Wally's Flash. He had so many awesome well, I mean, powers. You also have to look at where uh, Justice League, the cartoon, uh, had Wally as Flash. Absolutely, yeah. So, he's been around forever. It's so strange that he just... I mean, that was uh, with Flash Rebirth. Well, the other... Well, you mean, know, there's been so many rebirths now. Well, yeah. And that's the thing, is that originally Wally took over the mantle of the Flash because Barry went into the Speed Force and nobody could find him. And yep. so Wally became the Flash. Like, right? Yep. Yeah, man. That's exactly so, what happened. I mean, he, he was, he was he the was Flash, Flash for like time. 15 like years, years or something, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, 15 or 20 years. It was a long time. Yeah. He and Kyle had their own, like, Brave in the... Well, not Brave in the... Yeah, they did Brave in the Bold, I think. I'm pretty sure there was a couple of those. It wouldn't surprise me. Brave in the Bold had everybody. <laughs> Literally everybody. Well, we went over your, your favorite comics there. I mean, what about DCL then? So when did you get started with oh, DCL? Yeah. And, you know, what, what keeps you in this game, really? <laughs> oh, man. I have to tell you, what keeps me in this game is you guys, the community itself. I just think that we have we have a great group of guys or people. Sorry, now you know, male, female, whatever denomination or whatever it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> understand that I'm including let, you let, in this let, community. <laughs> let, let's not open that can of worms. But uh, yeah, please, let's, I'll shut we'll, up now. We'll, we'll say guys. <laughs> yeah. Guys, we'll, so we'll say guys, as in people. Folks. The, the yes. folks. Those folks. Everybody, royal you, all of you, <laughs> all of you listening, and the fine people out there. There you go. So uh, yeah. I mean. I, I completely agree that part of the reason why I stay in this game uh, through all the controversy and the drama is because of all the controversy and the drama <laughs> and the community, right? <laughs> but um, what about, like, the actual game? Like, you know, how'd you get started with the game? When did you get started, I guess? I think it was, I want to say it was no- October, November of 2016. The game was definitely out there, right? I think it was out so before So, launch? Launch was November yeah, 2nd, launch? 2016. Oh, see, I didn't, honestly, man, it was like a, it was like dumb luck for me. Like I happened, I was looking for a game to play. I found it in the store and I guess it was around launch. I just didn't, I didn't have a clue. I'm exact- I was just playing yeah, through the story mode. I think I downloaded it on Thanksgiving day for that matter. Yeah. I'm, I bet the same, I think I'm roughly the same time because I went, I, I remember the first month not being able to get all the uh, login bonuses for Harley, uh, Harley Quinn card fixing. So I think we, we all started around the same time then, like the middle of November must've been. Yeah. Cause I, I remember the Arcus and Supergirl challenges, but I didn't even I didn't even try to do them because I was just so focused on the story. It's like yeah. beat the story, beat the story, beat right, the right. story. Yeah, the, the PVE like the PVE <laughs> content was pretty much what what kept me in it. To be honest, though, like I was the same like the same thing. I was looking, I was going through the app store looking for something to play, right? Like looking for something new because I was getting bored with what I was doing. And then oh, there's this uh, DC game. All right, I'll try this out. 
and here we are two years later. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, we're I, getting I, close to two years. Yeah, right? We're getting close. Yeah, like yeah. I, I remember when you formed the alliance, man. That's like forever ago. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah, you know the alliance. The alliance thing just seems like it was uh, for actually. It, it does seem like a lot uh, forever ago. I actually still feel like it was just like uh, just like yesterday, but. The, so we're like your little children, right? <laughs> it's over a year now, right? Right. The subreddit thing, it's like, gotta be over a year. You know, like the subreddits, right? Like Subreddit. when you, whenever you make a post, uh, after six months, it gets archived, and we've had uh, like several posts being like, ha- like that I post on regularly every week for you know our office promotions and stuff. I've actually had to re- like create a third one of those. That means we've we've actually gone through twelve months at least. So, yeah, it. It has been a long time. It just hasn't really dawned on me yet. Well, there you go. Well, yeah. nothing really has changed with the alliances. That's the, the like we had the one event. Yeah. With Martian yeah, Manhunter, Martian and that was it. Well, like, they also they changed the structure of how the points were sort of. Um, that's right. They changed, did. Right? So before, it was more communal. It was more like right. team. Because before, it, people could sort of slack off until the very last day during the upgrade, the upgrade days before, and then everyone just like bank a bajillion points during the, uh, the upgrade oh, days. Oh, right? that's right. I forgot about the upgrade yeah. days too. You're right, on Sundays. Remember that? Yeah, that was like the biggest point-earning days. But I kind of like where they ended up now. And the, the, main, the main reason why I like it, because it's structured. The, uh, it's alternating between PvE, PvP, except for the weekends. So, and I can just set my calendar by that, right? <laughs> which I do. I literally do yeah. that. <laughs> and I post that up on Reddit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, this game is like ingrained in my schedule now. It's like part of me. There you go. Right? So if, if they happen to change it again, I'm going to be... What are we upset. ever going to do if we stop playing? There you go. Right? I don't know. I think, I think my brain's going to explode. Yeah, there you go. Or implode, whichever so, one. <laughs> I mean, in terms of the game itself, though, uh, like, Karam, what do you think about, like, where the game mechanics are heading? What, what do you want to see in, for the game in the future? So one of my things that I'd really like to see is some sort of, I don't want to call it a rule book, but I just want to know if there's like an order of steps. You know, like in Magic, there's a main step and, a, yeah. and you have, I can't even think right now, but you know what I'm saying. There's, there's phases. I'd like for there to be some rhyme or reason as to how the abilities go, because sometimes it just feels like they're all over the place. Uh, That's so one thing I'd like. We've actually figured out most of them by now. No, uh, I know. You guys are impressive. Actually, but there are some that do kind of break that rule. Like what I yeah, I think, it's just frustrating at times. I think I get what Chrome's trying to say. Like even though we've figured out most of them, it's not up to us to have to figure them out. Is what I'm trying. What I guess you're trying to say, right? Like there should be like they should yeah. out and let us know. These are how the phases work, right? These are so, how the time like John Stewart, right? So, yeah, because we talked about John Stewart, right? And so it, it makes sense why he wouldn't necessarily get his buffs. But the problem is, without him getting his buffs, he's really He's unplayable. Like you can't. You need to count on those buffs in order to make him usable. And it's like some characters get the benefit of the doubt, and others don't. It doesn't really. There's no rhyme or reason. Right. I think I know what you're trying to say. Right. Where where he gets his buff in the he should be getting a uh, his buff in the middle of an attack if it has double if it has multiple attacks. Right. Right. So like if Wonder Girl hits him with her passive, right. it doesn't trigger his passive. So like I get the passive rule, but man, is that a bummer? Yeah. The other thing that I don't like is like for example how certain things apply in a certain way but if it's taken out of turn or uh out of like if the timing is a bit off right it doesn't actually work the way it's supposed to so for example characters that have guaranteed revive uh that get hit by an aoe on their turn or they get hit by a, a regular move on their turn um they'll revive but if they get hit out of turn so let's say wonder girl's lasso for example you know not to beat a dead horse but if it procs on your character's turn they die uh, they most oftentimes they won't revive. It seems right. 
So yeah, I, I have noticed. That. It's super awkward. Like, why does that happen? Because I, I think those are bugs. To be yeah. fair, yeah, it's very possible. Yeah. That they probably are. So, but to but, your to your point there, the res mechanic we still need to. It would be nice if you could get full points for who's standing at the end of the battle, oh, yeah. as opposed to because that's that's another thing I think would be a nice mm-hmm. change. Yeah, it would encourage well, it, you. To, it's definitely like those mechanics. Good. I would say people like those mechanics. I mean, let's let's try and allow them to use them. You don't want to penalize people for trying to play the game the way it's intended to be played, right? Yeah, it's, and that's exactly where I was going to go with the same thing. Is like at this point, we have so many characters that can either res or care about ally deaths or whatever. It's just like we want to play these things and not get penalized for playing the strategy that you're putting in front of us. Is I think where you're going with that, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I hope they listen because it does seem they've really like they do care. They take our feedback for the most part. They can't do everything we ask, but I do think that at least recently they've listened to quite a few things. Like the way the, the challenge, like we talked about earlier, them taking the gates off, making it more accessible. I mean, they are they're trying. So I mean, in terms of the actual um, where where you see the game, like another thing that we want to put into the game in the future, I actually saw like you and Duloth recently going through it on his stream. Uh, oh, the friend yeah, battles. Right, the idea of a friend battle. Do you want to explain that to the community if they haven't actually seen that yet? Yeah, sure. I would be happy to. It's actually been quite a lot of fun. I'm, I I don't usually buy PvP refresh energy, but I did just so Duloth and I could do this. Right. Um, we've been trying to just put sort of like arbitrary or artificial rules on it just to try and make it fun. Like, you know, 1G10, 2G11, or Let's do two on two, or let's do three on three, but with no leader, so there's no none of those extra shenanigans going on. It's it's just fun to try and play the game with characters you don't usually get to play with. That's the other thing that is lacking, I suppose, because the meta sometimes feels so crushing if you put yourself in the top fifteen hundred too quickly and you don't have meta characters. Well, none of your guys are going to do anything, and that's kind of a bummer. So it's nice to have another venue where you can see how Aquaman and Mira work together without going in and getting destroyed because everyone has one of those. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely like to see a mode where we could set restrictions and then uh, have you know players join that mode and uh, based on the restrictions, right? Because that would make it a lot uh, more fun. It didn't, it wouldn't even have to cost anything. It wouldn't actually have to reward anything. It's just a mode to play for fun, right? But yeah, I mean, it could just be like a training mode, right? Now, even without the fact of adding restrictions or not, like you know, setting like certain ranks or gear levels or whatever. Uh, even without that, if it was just like a free room, like a room where you could just like, you know, enter a room and someone else would join uh, and you could battle, right? That would be fun. Oh, in real time, that would be something. That would be cool. Like real time battle would be cool too. Um, even if it wasn't real time battle, that would like a trading room against uh, AI would might be fine too, right? Like if you could pick and choose the characters you want to go up against, right? Oh, um, you just a great idea. Yeah. Right? If you could take, maybe you could even pick someone's account if they have 14, 16 set. You yeah. can challenge each of those teams. Like a sort of war room type of thing or something from like the X-Men. Uh, what do they call that? Uh, yeah, that room? danger room. The danger room. Yeah, like sort of like a danger room. I'm not sure what it would be like in DC Universe if there's like a danger room type of concept. Hmm. That would be right. something in a Batcave somewhere. Maybe that's moon base he has in the <laughs> right. rebirth. Or make use of that, that, that empty space in the hangar, in the hangar bay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, I digress. That's something that's sort of on our wish list that most people want, right? Okay, I mean, other than yeah. that, I mean, anything else that you're thinking about for the game's development, or are you just sort of happy with the way it is right now? Um, I'd like to see more PvE. I mean, I think that the challenges are a good way to give us some of that, but I'd like to see the heroic campaign expand a little. It would just be nice to have more nodes to farm different characters, or yeah. just another challenge, really. Yeah. 
All right, we need to we need to wrap things up real quick because we're getting to the two hour mark. But we have one last section to do, go through with the Q and A section. But uh, we'll sh- right before I do that, I'll give a shout out to our patrons from before. We have at the Do Gooder tier at five dollars, we have Parsnip Paradigm and James B hanging out. At the ten dollar hero tier, we have Hate Mail being an all star, and also our other patrons, we have William I, uh, Backfire C O H, and Ventus One. Uh, as of right now, it seems that our Patreon hasn't really improved uh, from what it was at the beginning of this podcast. So we will give, we'll add this month's uh, giveaway to the next month's giveaway and uh, see what happens then. So, but for the Q and A, uh, we'll ask some, we'll answer some of the questions that were answered were asked this month. So Backfire Coh on Patreon asked, "Who were the first characters you decided to take to Gear Ten, and who would you recommend now?" So Ogre, why don't you take it away with that? Who were the first Gear 10s that you had? All right, so my first Gear 10s were, I think, Cheetah. Um, I think Cheetah was one of my first ones. Mm-hmm. I can't really remember who the other ones were. Because <laughs> I know for a long time I, I used uh, a Medfill lead mm-hmm. with Cheetah, World's Greatest Detective Batman, and Grundy. Yep. I used that for a really long time, but I don't remember when all of them went to Gear 10 or not, so... Me personally, yeah. if the rest of your roster is lower, I still stand by the characters who care about Ally Death, Deathstroke, Jessica Cruz, Martian Manhunter, and Constantine. Yeah. Those are the ones I still stand by. If you're going to take just a couple of characters up and leave some of your characters lower, those are the ones I recommend. Fair enough. Just Fair enough. as a starter base. It's a good order. I like that. Cron, uh, what do you think? Who are your first uh, gear tens? My first G10s? I think my first G10 was probably... Oh, man. I think it was maybe Siren? Ooh. Okay. Does that sound? I'll say it was way long ago. It was like... It was, I think she was the first one I got to L2, and so I was like, okay, well, this is going to... For the foreseeable future, because, like, Hal was still R5, or, like, everybody was... Like, I think my Damian Wayne was only R5. Like, that was as far as I got in that challenge mm-hmm. that month, you know, early in the beginning. Um, and I think I took him to G9. Yeah, so I think maybe Siren, Hal, and, like, Flash... Yeah, I think Flash was one of the first. He was one of my first because you know me, I love my rogues and all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was the first one when I tra- started to figure out the economy in the game. I was like, oh, okay, so I have these gems because I had like something absurd saved up because I didn't spend anything in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then I was finally like, oh, okay, this Flash sale, I really want Flash. Oh. So and it was speed meta time, so he made sense. Fair enough. So um, um, who would you recommend? Who would recommend now? Yeah, I think. I think Ogre's right that you got a problem if you're starting out, if you're just starting out, you absolutely need a leader who can who can use the deaths on the team because you're gonna die. Especially if you find yourself in a place that you're perhaps overcommitted, if you will. You're in the top fifteen hundred. You're not quite ready to be there. You're gonna need to maximize what your team can do. And I think the leaders he named are probably those are your go-to's. I want to throw Pot in there, but a Gear Ten, she's still not. I mean, she's solid. When Duloff and I were playing in the friend battles, I was having trouble. I was losing four, five, six matches in revenges because POT just keeps destroying my team of two whatever. <laughs> it didn't matter who it was. She was just killing them. Like, yeah. So I got a G, I think she took out my G11 like Robin and I was like, come on. Like, <laughs> oh, what's going on here? <laughs> All right. Yeah, it just didn't feel right. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, uh, me personally, uh, when I started out, I basically had a core of a, like a lot of farmable characters that I would use to PvP, which was uh, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, Cyborg, uh, Zatanna and I think Huntress was the other one and those that 
core group of four characters was basically like my go-to for pretty much everything, not just PvP, but also PvE. So they were like my first four that I took to gear 10. And I rode that in PvP for pretty much like all the way until maybe the crit meta days, until the crit meta started up. And then basically I started turning on to uh, the flashes, right? The flashes and the arrows. Right. Yep. And then... Right. But as of now, like who I would recommend now, um, I'm sort of like, I agree with you guys that sort of the death matters strategy is probably where you want to be too. But another thing to look at is character availability. So a lot of the uh, freebie characters each month are quite good, uh, especially as of late. So like characters like Power Girl, Etrigan, and so on. So if you focus on characters like that, like that seem to be a little bit, you know, pushed in terms of the character development, you probably won't go wrong, especially at gear 10. It's, it's also safe. It's a safe bet um, that they'll be good later on. And they'll also definitely be useful during their alliance weeks, of course. So there's more reason to use them, right? So that's where I'm at for that. All right, let's move on to the last question. Uh, Pajayami asks on uh, Reddit, uh, let's see. I think a cool way to look at team comps is from a duo standpoint. For example, Swamp Thing and Bane, uh, Red Robin and Higher Gun Deadshot, Atrocitus and Grundy, Clayface and Mirror Master. What are your favorite duos in the game and why? Uh, it doesn't have to be from his list above. So, Crom, uh, I know you like duos. I know you like pairs. You have favorite duos? <laughs> I sure do. Oh, man. I know you know the answer to this one, or at least it won't yeah. surprise you. Yeah. Captain Cold and Mirror Master. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, two I have speed good, good these, combo. Yeah. These, these uh, mid-range green guys are where I live. Um, um uh, let's see who else i mean there's you know dshg and red robin are obviously terrific together i really like any of the robins together honestly anyone who can trigger red robins uh invisibility makes for a decent combo together cool well all righty uh ogre do you have any favorite duos uh probably robo constantine and camo constantine <laughs> All right. Uh, Lobo Constantine is probably one of the scarier ones, especially if you have baby Lobo, because, you know, Constantine is basically... Well, we all know I don't. Yeah, you don't. But I'm saying, <laughs> for those of you who might be playing with baby Lobo still, Constantine does work. You're despicable people, and you need to stop playing this game right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear Mrs. No, Lobo laughing in the background. He's actually really, really good when he's geared out. He's very hard to take down. Uh, he will take a lot of punishment before he actually goes down the first time. Yeah. So, another um, fun pair. Just sorry, it just occurred to me. I would say is uh, I do like Superboy and Red Robin together because Red Robin still gets his passive procs off of Superboy if he has True Sight. I just wish Superboy did a little more damage, man. He'd be. He, I think he's he all utility. His kit is good. Uh, personally, I'm a big Superman fan, as everyone knows. So one of my my favorite pairings is Superman and a Taunter. But uh, now, ironically, though. Harley Quinn Manchester is not the greatest taunter for him because she might not get hit. The idea is you want him, you want your taunter to get hit so that he would proc his uh, leadership so that he'll get his um, damage immunity and his taunt, right? So the idea yep. is that, so if you put him with like, let's say, Power Girl, that's a good pairing. Don't use Clayface. Yeah, Clayface. Yeah, definitely don't use Clayface. Clayface won't work because he doesn't get crit, right? So basically like Power Girl is probably the best pairing with him, I would say, uh, with Superman. Um, let's see. Another pairing would probably be like I actually got turned on to this because of uh, because of Chrome with uh, the, the sort of the speed down uh, archetype that he sort of fostered. He he fostered it before it was cool. <laughs> the uh, the, the Captain Cold Clayface Mirror Master team 
So basically, I'm a big fan of Captain Cold and Mirror Master together. Really, like, I'm really, really big fan of that because whenever I get to the point in Red Alerts where I found I accidentally got you know uh, I accidentally missed missed a certain move or I did something out of turn order and got all my gear 11s wiped out. <laughs> I actually can carry myself through a lot of red alerts with just uh, a, a gear 10 set of Clayface with uh, Captain Cold lead, Mirror Master, and either you know Reverse Flash or Killer Frost or something like that. All the speed downs everywhere because it doesn't really matter how um, how hard you're hitting. If they're never taking a turn, you're going to win. <laughs> so, stun, 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 right. stun, stun. Death yeah, of a thousand it. paper cuts. We'll still get there. Exactly. Right, so because they're never taking turns, because Mirror Master and Captain Cold are going off like crazy. So that's. Did you ever watch my uh, Cyborg Superman one where I used the uh, meter down control team, yeah. and it was literally a death of a thousand cuts? <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. <laughs> but yeah, that that. You, well, I was using like Deathstroke and Flash and Ivy and I think Captain Cold, yeah. and it was just like. I had a million speed ups. He had a million speed downs and all these stuns, but he had so much shield from his leadership. It was just like, I can't even do anything. Yeah, even I'm though, flanking him for like 900 damage and pop. And it's just like, oh, this is taking forever. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way with, um, with Penguin. Uh, I've come up against a lot of Penguin battles oh, recently. I've had like an all, uh, I've had a four, like a four character uh, V1 Penguin, and the battle took like 90 minutes. <laughs> and see, this is why I him and Larfleys together would be crazy. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Uh, okay, so all that awareness. Um, on that note, I want to kind of kind of want to wrap things up. So we we answered a couple of questions there. Uh, so in terms of our giveaway, as we haven't hit the thirty the thirty dollar goal this month, we're gonna add five dollars to whatever we're giving away next month. So at the very least, we'll be giving away ten dollars next month for sure. And then let's see. So, but for those of you guys who haven't already, you can again become a patron, a patron on our Patreon at patreon.com/slash/theosman. Uh, you can join us on social media at Twitter, Facebook, and SoundCloud at theosman, and at YouTube at youtube.com/slash/theosman. And um, yeah, uh, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, you guys, uh, if you guys want to plug your Chrome, uh, if you want to plug your channel, go ahead. Ah. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, if you guys, you know, like, like and subscribe, come on over to my channel. I don't really like doing the self-promotion thing. I'm not good at this. That's okay. <laughs> tomorrow morning, I'm pretty sure uh, Duloth and I are going to be doing, he's going to be doing his live stream, and we're going to try and do some more friend battles tomorrow morning. Awesome. So for me, it's morning. For him, it's some other time. But <laughs> uh, that's, so that's what we're trying to do, I guess, you know, not that long from now, really. Yeah, but go. I mean, that's about it. You know, I just, I like to do it, you know, like, as I said, you guys know I didn't do a whole bunch of talking before. I just, you know, I want to give you, just give the community things it can look at. It can learn whatever it can learn from it. I don't, I don't see everything all the time. So you might see some, something that I didn't. Uh, I just hope to provide some sort of value to the community. That's all I'm really looking to do. Awesome. Uh, but I do want to thank you guys for having me on. And it was a pleasure being here. I hope I got less awkward as we went through. Ah, good to have you here. Oh, also for, You're for, fine, but... also for, for those of you guys who haven't noticed, uh, Doombox actually I had to cut out because he was at the mall while recording this and uh, mall security kicked him out. <laughs> oh no <laughs> so alright Ogre if you want to wrap things up thanks for listening again guys and I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, please leave comments let us know how we can improve you know obviously I know this was a bit longer on the cast longer than some of our other ones previously so uh, 
Hopefully, we'll try to get it back down. Um, <laughs> we don't always have four people on the cast. That's part of the reason. So we don't. No. Yeah. So, so we got. We still got to work on timing. Yeah, <laughs> but it was fun. We did ramble fun. a bit about the fish. So, yeah. wow, this was fun though. But, uh, thanks, guys. All right. Well, yeah. thanks, thanks for thanks. coming on, Mike. Uh, thanks for being here. Yeah. Crumbobulus, Michael. What was your name again, Vic? Vinny. Vinny. All right. Okay. Vic sounded better with Cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. All right. With that, uh, we'll roll the uh, the outro, and that's it. For this week's PvP, we have Jon Snow once again as world's finest at 5,110 points. Top 35 cutoff was 2,794 points. And the top 100 was 2,617 points. Top alliance this week was UJLA and Koa again at 87,912 points. Top 10 cutoff was... 45,638 points. And the top 100 cutoff for alliances this week was 24,789 points. Congratulations to all of our winners. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Oddsman Broadcast. Be sure to check out the next episode of We Are Legends coming up next week.